Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, live here from beautiful Dallas, Texas. Hey, it's a good week. Uh, coming off a uh, beautiful L.A. Open, which brings me to our next guest, who not only loves golf, but he is in the Los Angeles area, Sports Gambling Podcast's very own Ryan Kramer. How you doing, man? Not a good time to be trying to play golf in sunny Southern California. I, I would you believe it? It snowed at my house no yesterday. No way. It, we we got snow in La Crescenta, California. It was, I mean, you know, the kind of stuff where kids just leave school. Uh, bizarre, very bizarre. Like real snow. I, you know, if we were on the East Coast, we would call it a wintry mix, but <laughs> it made the ground white for a short period wow. of time. So I wonder if it know. hit the valley at all. It, it they they said the snow level came down to a thousand feet so definitely some parts of the valley would have seen snow you Crazy. know i've lived there my entire life and this is when it happens really <laughs> unbelievable at least i got my snow flurry out here in dallas about a few weeks ago so that's all good there you go hey man well here we are uh super bowl now officially done on to the next First off, before we maybe get into a little combine talk, since it's basically here uh, and a lot of things kind of up in the air with job security and contracts for players, including our very own Daniel Jones that we'll get into. Um, give me your take on the Super Bowl. What's your experience? Oh, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, was out fortunate enough to be out there doing some media for the Super Bowl event. And, you know, if you ever have an opportunity to do that, it, it's fun because just being in the city, being in the area where the Super Bowl is happening, you're very much behind the curtain. And so just kind of hanging out. We did a live event across the street from where the the, the NFL honors was. So just like seeing random guys like, uh, o, you know, Ocho Cinco or <laughs> randomly seeing Barry Sanders walk by on the street yeah. or, you know, see, seeing the Ryan brothers. Kind of a fun, a fun trip. Uh, but as far as the game itself, man, uh, exactly how I would have hoped the game could go. Uh, heartbreaking for the Eagles. They felt like they had a chance. The fans were ripped up. They, it, this was real. They, they didn't know how to feel afterwards. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they didn't get that second Super Bowl trophy. And, and Patrick Mahomes did, which is probably correct, right? We we probably do need to be talking about the legacy of this man, the legacy of Andy Reid. And so, uh, you know, I thought the best team in the NFL this year won. And the, the best quarterback won. And, you know, the takeaway from Jalen Hurts is he stepped up in the playoffs. He stepped up, played played a good game. Uh, but, boy, do I love that the last thing Howie Roseman saw him do was throw a Hail Mary 20 yards short. I mean, just, just an absolute <laughs> – like, will they draft a quarterback? Are they going to give him the big bucks? Like, really turning the conversation away from the Giants onto the Eagles. But, no, it was a great game. I mean, what else can you, can you hope for? And – by the way, I don't know if we discussed this, but one of the, my favorite bets of the Super Bowl was the octopus. For someone to score a touchdown and the two-point conversion at the same time, and Jalen Hurts did hit that, so a nice 14-1 to in our pocket. But, yeah, great game. Glad the Eagles lost and happy for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, what's your take on that last call, that P.I. call? Or was it holding? I mean – I, I I think it's unfortunate they decided to get involved at that point in the game. In some regard, like, yeah, they would have scored a touchdown. That helps the Eagles. I, I understand how you can spin that if you're a fan. Yeah. 
But it's like the difference is they need they they run the clock out and they kick the field goal or they score the touchdown. They go up and may, maybe Jalen Hurts has a chance to throw a final pick six and intercept. I, I just don't know if Jalen Hurts was just going to march down the field uh, with that offense. So uh, I didn't mind the call. I wish they hadn't have made the call because it created this artificial excuse. And I really appreciated James Bradbury for being a stand up dude and being like, look, I grabbed him. They decided to call it like that. That was the exact right thing to say. Well, you know, he's a former giant. So, you know, of course, uh, well, of course, it's classy, dude. Come on. Classy gentleman. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a great game. Um, definitely. I think not only uh, um solidifies the legacy of those two men that you were talking about in Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. But I think it actually solidifies Jalen Hurts' career going forward. Uh, you know, I don't care about the people who are haters out there. The fact is he stepped up and he did a great job for the most part. I thought it was a 90% effort, looked great. And I, I don't necessarily think he's going to get paid today or tomorrow, but I certainly think he's going to get paid as a quarterback. I think he's How, Yeah, it. I mean – yeah, why wouldn't you want – I mean, all jokes aside, why would you want to bet against this dude? He There's He's money. the guy in the room. Like, yeah. everyone knows the kid they grew up with playing uh, mm-hmm. tackle football. Or, uh, and everyone knows the dude that always took it way too seriously. Yeah. And that's Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah. Jalen Hurts is an absolute dog. Now, I did want to get your take on something. What What is your opinion on the – the deep dark conspiracy that Joe Shane shipped Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs to help him beat the Eagles and let James Bradbury walk to go then create the penalty at the end of the game to allow the Eagles to lose. Yeah. I I do think it's some next level GMing by by Mr. Shane there. Yeah, I'm sure it worked out just fine exactly the way he thought <laughs> on paper. Uh you know honestly and I was thinking about that too as a Giants fan, you know, the fact that we we shipped off Kadarius Tony. I mean I personally think, despite the fact that he had a great run back and he scored, and the fact is, though, he is injury prone. He's already showed it. So, I mean, like, I don't know what to take from it. You know, what if, could have. Uh, I mean, you can't look at it this way. Facts are facts. Um, you know, he was out of the season for the most part, you know, except for a, a few games here and there. And I don't think he played a full game ever. So I'm okay with this decision. Was, I yeah, wish honestly, him the best. Yeah, no, and honestly, you look at the way even in those games where he was frustratingly doing stuff for the Chiefs, he was somehow getting out there, creating all of this magic and doing it in like 10 snaps because yeah. once again, yeah. they can't trust him enough to run him out there for every snap. They can't they they can't uh he's not durable enough to maybe play every time but boy you see what he's Dave talented. Gettleman saw in him it, it's just the raw talent and the, yeah. the ability to make a play and and that's that's the one thing the Giants need and it's unfortunate they had to let him go because it's it's encapsulated in a body that didn't want to buy into Brian Dable's approach but oh, yep you know I, I I like he played ten snaps I believe in the Super Bowl. Like, so it's just crazy to think about the, the the impression he was able to make in 10 snaps and also crazy to think about the fact that he probably will never see be a guy that sees 60, 70 percent of the snap count. Yeah, I think that's why I think the uh, Giants made a good move there. Uh, before we get into the combine and the upcoming draft, believe it or not, it'll be here before you know it. Um, and there's like, what, a dozen or so quarterbacks available or something like that. Uh, we'll get into that. Um but there's a, a there's a handful, if not more, players right now who might be taking pay cuts. Um, we're talking about like notable players here, 
not not guys who are up for a big signing. I'm not talking about like the Saquon Barkley who may not get what he wants to get at the end of the day. But I'm talking about the guys who want to stay and play still. And I'm talking about the Ryan Tannehills. Where what's going to happen with him and even the Joe Mixons of the world because he's up for something here and I think he's completely talented. I think he's great. And I think it if I'm the Bengals, you want to keep this guy, right? But you're not going to be able to pay him um, as much as maybe you would hope. So there's a few guys that really stand out for me in both conferences. Anything in particular for you that, um, you know, might stand out, big notable names, you know, the salary cap is increased, right? So what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, the mixing situation is interesting. I think running backs in general, you're not seeing a lot of value in running backs in that second, third contract window. And I, honestly, I think a lot of people would have said, oh, well, what, what they can just let him walk. They got Samaje Pirine. Well, Pirine also a free agent. So I, I do think a team like the Bengals, that their identity is – I know they have Burrow and, and Chase and Higgins, but they're going to have to be cheap at the running back position. If they want to pay those receivers, if they want to pay Burrow, yeah. they're going to have to figure out a way to be cheap at the running back position. I think in general, that's what I love about free agency because everyone – you know, 99% of the people spend 99% of the time talking about the top dogs. But the reality is the interesting part of free agency is like, where is Rob, like Rob, I'll, I'll, I'll be selfish here. And a guy that has had loose ties to the giants, a guy like Robert Woods, he was a, he was a relative stud for the Los Angeles Rams hmm. a couple years back. I mean, there was a point in fantasy football where it was like a coin flip between Cooper cup and Robert Woods Agreed. blocks. Well, just, just an absolute team player. He's from Los Angeles. So there are some rumors. He goes back to LA, but he's a guy that's going to go for cheap and maybe even close to a minimum type contract. That's the kind of guy that makes your like makes you a championship team. I think everyone can go out and, and overspend on a you know a proverbial Christian Kirk or or this year you know maybe maybe that overspend is going to be on a guy like uh, Jacoby Myers who is a free agent and you know we see it now the wide receiver class they get locked up or traded and locked up early so that it's not super good. I think. I think you have some splashy like tackles like uh, Orlando Brown. Uh, and then you have the quarter. I mean, really, it's just a quarterback league. And so everyone's going to talk about Carr and Rodgers and Tannehill and Mariota. And, and and to me, I think you're going to see like Mariota and Tannehill like they they're ripe for. Hey, come come compete. Come be a backup. Come help this young guy learn. Maybe there's someone that gets signed by a by an Indy or a Houston or someone that is looking to kind of have that. Similar to what the Giants did, right? You bring right. in Tyrod Taylor because you know he's going to be a stable backup and someone that maybe can help a young guy. And then it allows you to figure out the other piece as you go. Uh, and so I do think Carr is the one guy who people are overvaluing. The, se the second he stopped playing football, all of a sudden he became this great football player. <laughs> and so I, I think there's probably a huge gap between what he wants to get paid and what teams are willing to, to pay him. And I think the most interesting thing about the quarterback class is not, not enough is being said of Tom Brady. Uh, I, I think the reports are now leaking out that he might be interested in San Francisco if no that opportunity way. presents itself. See, I, I, I tend to not believe it. I think it's just tabloids at this point. But, you know, they are looking at a situation where it's Trey Lance coming off a catastrophic leg injury or it's Brock Purdy coming off a catastrophic elbow in, uh, injury. Very interested there. We know Jimmy G is almost certainly gone. I think he's been rumored to some places uh, like the Jets, like even New England, like Tennessee. 
um, teams that think they're close and just need a, a stable piece. And so, yeah, I think I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a couple dominoes fall. And once that once the dominoes start falling, uh, we'll get an understanding what's going to happen. I do think Aaron Rodgers is one of those dominoes. Uh, all yeah. the reports have, have said he's not coming back to Green Bay. No so way. no way. I yeah. think, you know, that that's the chip that needs to fall. And then from there, we'll get to see everything else. And I think the other thing is just looking at the teams that have the money. I think some of these free agents are not even accessible by the bottom half of the team, the teams that are restructuring right now to get under the cap, the Saints, the Cowboys, teams like that. So I, I think you're going to see the Bears make some splashes. I think you're going to see the Giants make some splashes internally uh, with, with the likes of Andrew Thomas, maybe McKinney, maybe Dexter Lawrence, Dan Jones, obviously Saquon Barkley. And I think you're going to see – a couple of uh, pretenders or teams that think they're contenders uh, make make a stab, make a make a make a case for themselves to go out and get an Aaron Rodgers, a Derek Carr, uh, Jimmy G, one of these guys who is not exciting at this point in their career, but certainly would be an upgrade over what they had last year. No doubt. Good takes there for sure. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming out of his hole, if you will. Uh, <laughs> psychedelic. Can't wait to see what he has to say. Um, I personally think he's got a little left in the tank so i'm looking forward to seeing what goes on there. what do you think vegas i mean uh it could Devontae's there i get it it really depends i think in his career it's not just it's definitely not about money anymore so it's got to be about winning and i think it's got to be location you know i mean he's getting older Got a couple years left. Vegas, New York. Vegas sounds enticing more so. Weather's better. I don't know. We'll see what want happens. A, want a dark horse? Yeah. Dark horse is Tennessee. Man, uh, I that, didn't even that hear it, about that. That that's an interesting one. I mean, I know the receivers aren't great, but it's a team with a you know that has been competitive year in year out with Mike Brabel. His new Nicolas Cage character fits perfectly down there in country music, <laughs> Tennessee. Yep. And, and and frankly, like I don't I don't think he goes to the NFC. I think he if he goes somewhere, he goes to the AFC. And I don't think he wants to go to a team, the New York Jets, that Brett Favre blazed that trail for. I think he very badly does not want to follow in Brett Favre's footsteps. As silly as that sounds, so. Yeah, I, I would be uh, honestly. You can bet on this stuff, surprisingly. Really, and I would be looking to to find some dark horse AFC teams like uh, like like the Tennessee Titans. We shall see. I don't know. Uh, switch gears a little bit here. You know, let's continue the conversation with um, not only the combine, the draft. There's a lot of quarterbacks at stake. First of all, you know, you look at what teams need quarterbacks. The rumors are even with the New York Giants who are gearing up to pay elite money to Daniel Jones, they were looking and talking to Tennessee quarterback now, and I know you saw that, um, which obviously he would be going later um, in in the in the draft. But you know, there there's some talent out there, man. I'm excited about this combine because we're gonna see. You know, there's going to be teams that literally will have to make a decision. Are they going to take on someone like Derek Carr? Or are they going to go after someone like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it depends on where they are in the draft. But, hell, they might take a take a flyer and go for a quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, so so starters like that that whole story about Dan Jones asking for forty five million. It's now come out that that was a leak from his previous agency to to make him look bad. There's been no formal request for anything crazy like that. And I think the tea leaves are going to come out. I think what we're going to see here is we're going to see a contract for Dan Jones that's reasonable. Start where we started, like 35 to 38 million, maybe three to four years. And I think that's going to be something that won't prohibit them from drafting a quarterback if they want to, just like the Eagles did when they had Carson Wentz and they drafted Jalen Hurts. And I and I think the reason you bring up uh, someone like Hendon Hooker, who, by the way, went to my alma mater, Virginia Tech, and shout out to the horrible coach, Justin Fuente, who told him he should leave and go to another program. Uh, Hendon Hooker is an interesting one because he comes from a simple offense. So he's probably going to be uh, when people get real deep into the film, you'll see him slide into the second, third round. And I think also the injury. He's coming off a fairly catastrophic injury late in the year. And so he's an interesting profile guy where he's got all the tools. He's mobile. He can he, he's got a strong arm, but he's just he's going to go a little bit later. Meanwhile, you have the likes of and think I'm excited for the combine because I'm excited to see Anthony Richardson and Will Levis get filled with hot air from these draft Knicks who love to see how fast they can run and how far they can throw it with shorts on. Yeah. I have, this is what I would tell to anyone who's listening right now. You're, you're reading mock drafts. You're seeing people make excuses for why Will Levis might be the first quarterback, by the way, odds down to plus eight fifty to be the number one overall pick will or uh, uh, Anthony Richardson from Florida, whose odds are all the way down to seven to one to be the number one overall pick. Please go watch the Kentucky-Florida game from last season. They they were both starters there. And you tell me if you see starting NFL quarterback play. Meanwhile, Bryce Young is getting kind of lost in the sauce with, like, oh, he's small, I don't know. You know, I watched all these guys play quarterback. And if you want to talk Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, it's like the Bryce Young is the only guy that showed me NFL-type like mental ability, re- going from read one to read two to read three, uh, doing smart stuff. The knock on him is he's small and he played at Alabama where everyone's good. Yeah. But everyone else, it's like Will Levis, the guy got beat out by Sean Clifford at Penn State, transferred to Kentucky and has looked like a horrible quarterback for two years. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he's he's a poor man's Justin Fields, and we see what Justin Fields is doing in the league. He's an exciting runner, but has not figured out the throwing part. And Anthony Richardson is a guy who the coaches couldn't even trust to throw the ball in college. So I think to me, if I'm looking for a quarterback this year, my team is, I'm really hoping they kind of drop down to that second tier, the Hendon Hookers, the Tanner McKee out of Stanford, some of these guys that are a little bit more I don't want to I don't want to be the guy in the rocking chair, but pro ready that they might not have the absolute ceiling and like that, that raw clay mold that these guys like, but they know how to run an offense. I think you can even go further down the board. I mean, he, he was in college for like seven years, eight years. So he's kind of an old man coming in. And, but what is Stetson Bennett going to do? What, what every all he did was perform when he had the chance, and it wasn't exactly like Georgia was winning national championships before him. Stetson Bennett's going to be like a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. I guarantee he goes somewhere, probably like a Shanahan or like a you know so one of these 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 quarterback factories that doesn't really matter. And he, I, my prediction would be Stetson Bennett is someone who ends up having an interesting career in the NFL uh, because again, watch him play down there in Georgia. I get it, lots of great players all around him, but. You watch him play, and you watch Will Levis and Anthony Richardson play. You tell me who's making better decisions. I like it. You know, you talked about Bryce Young, and although very talented, I think it goes against what the Giants' 
Giants have always had big quarterbacks. If you you know what I mean, like think about it. Like they've always been tall, big guys. Maybe I'm just more comfortable with that. Nothing against Bryce, but I <laughs> I just it, it's, I, it's I don't like know. A, you I, don't you. You don't want to play the edge case, right? Like they always talk about you, you know, once Tyreek Hill happens, the league will always be looking for the next Tyreek Hill. But the reality is that Tyreek Hill is the outlier. There will be maybe no be never be another guy that that is that short and that capable. And so when you start dabbling in the edge cases, like, I mean, Russ Wilson, people always refer to him as a shorter guy, right? He was a third round pick again. There haven't been many Russ Wilsons for a reason. So there's a reason that the profile of needing that, you know, six foot three, six foot four, six foot five height with build, because you still get hit. You still have to be durable. And, and I do think like it, it is smart. Like I, Bryce Young would terrify me the first time he takes takes a big hit. Now, I said the same thing about Devonta Smith, and he's been pretty good over two years. But Very as good, the yeah. quarterback, it just I guess you can be a cerebral player now with some of the rules, but it does worry me. And that's the one thing Bryce Young doesn't have that all those other dudes do, which is height and size. Let's uh, take these next few minutes here. I want to focus on two teams. We'll t- uh, we'll continue the conversation with the Giants. I want to incorporate the Rams. Those are our two big teams here on the show. And uh, assuming that the Giants do pay Daniel Jones and they do sign him, which I'm we got to say, what are we like? Ninety percent sure it's going to happen, right? Um, I would almost go as like the Dan Jones will be a giant next okay. year, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, I actually think that they could do something where they have both Saquon and Daniel Daniel Jones, considering that Saquon very much wants to stay in New York. But we'll see what happens with that. You're looking at big needs for the team. I know they signed Hodgins to a one year deal. Um, they still need, I would assume, a, a receiver. I don't know if they go after someone in the draft. I'm not too familiar with some of the receivers that stand out in the draft. I do know who's available this year and possibly next year as far as free agency is concerned within the league. Um, Their other needs are probably defensive back, maybe an interior guy. Um, And then the Rams, and I'm going to just go there, and then you can kind of give me your your takes on on all of everything. They just released Bobby Wagner now. I don't know if that's called retirement for him or not. He's done enough to possibly even get into the Hall of Fame, I think. That being said, they've got some needs as well. And you talked about Robert Woods now. That could be an interesting uh, pickup piece for the Rams, considering they don't have any draft capital. Um, So they're going to be sneaking around the league and trying to figure things out. Um, What's your take on the needs of those two teams going forward into this season? Well, and it's it's the tale of two two situations, right? Currently, the Rams sitting on negative fifteen million dollars in cap space. <laughs> where, I, and granted, there there is some stuff. You know, you you cut like I think the Wagner deal is probably not reflected here yet, no. but uh, or the cut. But the, meanwhile, the Giants have have forty. Oh, I'm a, I'm sorry about that. Have forty six uh, million in cap space, wow. and that's only going to go up that's when awesome. they get rid of Kenny Galladay. That's going to be another like seven million right there. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think the flexibility, and I think it's it's a tale of two types of teams. I think for the first time as a Giants fan, I'm looking at guys we drafted that we need to re-sign. Dexter Lawrence, yeah. Xavier McKinney, Andrew Thomas. Yeah. To me, almost more important than Dan Jones and Saquon Barkley on the offensive side. But yeah. I think we heard Joe Shane in that postseason presser that there was, a, there was a lot of mention about, hey, you know, part of how you build culture is you invest in your guys, the guys that you know how they train. Mm-hmm. You know what they're like on a day-to-day basis. 
that you're less likely to make a mistake on a guy that you've already kind of had close to the vest. And right. so I think you're going to see the Giants spend a lot of money internally. I think as far as wide receivers, the draft class, it's quite deep to me. And I think that you're going to see us invest some some of the top three round draft capital in a receiver. I also think there's some nice pieces coming into free agency like we were just discussing. A guy like Robert Woods, uh, you know, there there are uh, okay. big, tall, fast, wide receivers are are going to be avail- available out there for one to two year deals if they're, again, a cup below that premium class. And so okay. I think you'll see a combination of the two, but I think there's so much value in drafting those receivers that you'll see the Giants invest in that. Now, the Rams, on the other hand, and by the way, Bobby Wagner is being linked to potentially wanting to join the Giants. So. Uh, linebacker, a definite position of wow. need for the Giants. That might be an interesting piece. Uh, well, you know what's happening in New York is people are, l- are learning about the coaching staff. They're learning about the changing culture, and it's strange. We haven't been a team where guys want to come play in New York, even with Coughlin, right? It was a hard-ass system. It was hard. No one wanted to come to New York. So that this, this change is interesting because maybe we can even get a discount. Now, with the Rams coming back to it, I, I think the Rams are in survival mode. I think they're going to restructure a bunch of stuff and punt some more money down the, down the road to try to be competitive because boy genius uh, Sean McVay is back. But I hope they're all back. I, I still don't know. Is Aaron Donald? He might still retire. Stafford might still retire. So I, I think they're in a tough spot because they don't know what those guys are going to do and it's going to hamstring them with the money in the cap. I don't know what happens if uh, those guys retire because what? No. You, oh my gosh. What? They don't even have a quarterback that could. Uh, uh, I can't even go there. I'm not going to go there. All Take I can for say, Caleb Williams, baby. <laughs> all I can say is, is that man, the Giants are starting to look real good. And the one thing the Giants are really known for is having really strong competing defenses. I mean, you think back on it, not only the Lawrence Taylor years and the Carl Banks years, then you fast forward a little bit. You got Strahan. Then what about the Justin Tucks and the Pierre Pauls? We were so dominant. And now I think we're getting back into it with Lawrence. And I don't know what's going to happen with Williams. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. But there's there's great possibilities in our near future, and I'm thrilled. We're going to get into it. Hopefully you'll be back with next week. We'll get into the actual what happened in the combine. I'm excited. I can't wait. Hey, man, thanks so much. Cheers, man. All right, there you go. Ryan Kramer, ladies and gentlemen, of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Go find him. More to come right here on Living the Good Life. Stay tuned. Dragon the